0: Welcome to Dungeoneers to Dungeon Masters. Uh, I'm Milo. I'm Hannah. Uh, And yeah, this is our second episode. Last episode went, well, about as expected, honestly. (laughs) Uh, We're gonna try to stay a little more on track this time. I will say there's honestly no promises, though.
1: Yeah, Yeah. look, we do our best. (laughs) It's Uh. difficult to stay on topic.
0: Um, But yeah, so we also know that we kind of went straight into talking about some of the things about our campaign without giving any kind of context. Um, So this episode, we're going to try to fix that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about this campaign, and I'm going to give a little bit of info on how I create the world. Um, Yeah, so would you like to kind of talk about your character a little bit, and then I'll kind of go into the world as a whole?
1: Sure, yeah. So I am playing Nisa. She is... Uh, a Blood Hunter, which is, I, I guess that might be a class that some people are not as familiar with if yeah. they haven't played, not even so much 5e, but just, like, newer 5e. Yeah,
0: because it's a Matt Mercer class. I don't even think it's, like, officially in any of the, like, rule books. It might be in, in, in like, some of the ones that he's released. But...
1: Yeah, but it is, like, official enough that it has all of the,
0: you yeah. know, regular
1: stats and everything. Yeah. What would you say they're, like, closest to in a class?
0: Um, I mean, they're pretty close to, like, fighters a little bit in the sense of, like, you can kind of play ranged or melee. Um, you can take certain subclasses that give you a a couple of spells, but you're not really a spellcaster. Yeah. So I would say that they're pretty similar to, like, fighters or maybe rangers a little with Hmm. the whole, like, uh, hunting aspect.
1: Yeah, that is, that's true. Uh, and then she's an Asmar, which is a celestial race, which also some people might not really know what that is. That one seems a little bit more self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, she's an angel, kind of.
0: <laughs> Basically, the celestial version of like a Tiefling. So, like Tiefling is to devil as Asmar is to celestial.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say that is a a good explanation, and uh-huh. pairs well with the with the Tiefling we have in the party as well. <laughs> Isn't Lucy a tiefling?
0: That's right. I forgot that we saw a tiefling. My brain, my brain immediately was like, wait. I, I'm not I,
1: crazy, I promise. I
0: clearly know my party. Yeah,
1: you do. I can tell.
0: <laughs> uh, to give a little bit of context, uh, we've had our game going for, honestly, a little over a year now, I think. By this point, maybe more. Um, but what started as an online campaign using Roll20 uh, had a split, and we kept half of the party members, the ones that were actually here physically, and uh, gained a couple more who are here as well, and has turned into an actual in-person home game, now that we're in a more of a safe COVID situation. Um, so we had a bit of a switch up with the party dynamics, and also had a bit of a change in goal, I think, in terms of like what the party's doing a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would say we've kind of entirely changed the plot of the campaign. I guess there was was some stuff that we were doing before the party split that we have continued doing, but I think because it's a very different group, everyone has very different goals. We also just haven't really circled back to any of the stuff that we were doing before the split. So, like, maybe that could come back in the future, but...
0: Yeah, it was also a thing of, like... When the party split, it wasn't necessarily on good terms, so they took the party fund, or at least a majority of it with them, they took some items with them, and possibly made enemies of the prior party.
1: In fairness, you haven't thrown any prior party members at us, although the look you just gave me (laughs) makes me think that you might... Which, wow, I guess this is just a campaign of making mortal enemies follow you around.
0: Honestly, a little bit. Between (laughs) you with the assassin after you, Lucy, or technically, I can't remember exactly who dealt the final blow to the Revenant, but the Revenant- It was Lucy. Yeah, so (laughs) Revenant's going to be a potential problem coming back.
1: (laughs) And then half our old party on an airship, I guess. Yeah,
0: half the party on an airship uh you don't even know what enemies the others might have
1: no it really hasn't come up honestly
0: (laughs) yeah the only thing that's kind of come up um is lucy's uh patron a little bit
1: right uh
0: and she's kind of figuring out what it means to be a warlock uh she had the realization recently and texted me and was like hey so um what happens if a warlock doesn't do what their patron wants (laughs) and i explained Uh, to her that good
1: things i imagine i
0: explained to her of like the patron can revoke their gifts
1: interesting it doesn't happen
0: often but if you start actively going against your patron or if you like fail to uphold your end of the bargain they can take back their gifts like that's the whole thing of being a warlock means you made a deal you got to hold up your end of the deal
1: yeah i guess we've never really had warlock stuff come up in campaigns before like my warlock my patron was me yeah so (laughs) it's not like i was revoking my own powers yeah
0: so it's always an option It's probably not going to happen unless things really take a turn. Um, But yeah, like if a situation like that happened, it would be a matter of figuring out what to do about that party member. Either in some cases they may want to like have that like party member leave the campaign and bring someone else in. They may want to try to find a new class, trying to find a new goal. Yeah because um, the way I see it is they would retain their like HP and everything, right. They would retain their stats. Uh, I would say that they'd probably retain their proficiencies, Mm-hmm. but they would lose any warlock abilities, including spells.
1: I imagine they might pursue like trying to figure out spell casting, but from more of like a wizard perspective of trying to teach themselves magic at that point, that would make the most sense to me.
0: Yeah, like, I could definitely see them taking on, like, uh, like wizard, bard, anything where you kind of are, like, a self-taught type thing. Yeah. Um, they could go and make another deal with something else, whether That's it's, true. like, another, like, warlock patron, or, um, like, maybe making an oath and becoming, like, a paladin, because paladins are also used charisma. Oh, yeah. So something along those lines, uh, if they wanted to, like, dedicate themselves to a god and more, like, of a just, like, worship sense and, like, go cleric. If they have, like, good enough wisdom. So, like, it's kind of open. Or they could just be like, I'm done making deals. I have a decent whatever skill, so I'm going to go, like, a fighter or, like, whatever they want to do.
1: I also can't imagine that that's going to be super relevant in our case because Fu does not seem like a character who's going to
0: just stop yeah.
1: listening to their patron.
0: In all fairness, Fu doesn't know who her patron is. Sure. And she- doesn't know what deal she made.
1: Sure, but she hasn't done anything yet to make anyone mad at her, so yeah. why would she change it now?
0: Yeah. So, hopefully it will not come up. <laughs> um,
1: so, so, how would you, like, describe our current campaign? Just because, like...
0: <laughs> the first thing that comes cam- to mind is chaotic.
1: <laughs> I more just mean, like, I feel like before we had this split, I would very much describe the party as we're going around, we're trying to hunt vampires is, is yeah. kind of the like the two sentence summary of it but now besides our lycanthropy romp that we're on I don't really know how I would describe what we're really doing
0: I feel like right now y'all are basically mercenaries for hire yeah this may change later you have a current goal and right now after you complete that goal the plan is for you all to go and reg- register yourselves as a proper adventurers. Oh group.
1: right. <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> so I would say right now the best explanation for for the group would be mercenaries for hire. You're higher you're so you're level seven right now. Yeah. So you're high enough level that you can actually like kind of make an impact. Yeah. But you're not like changing the world right now. You're not like working with local governments or anything. Like. Right. <laughs> Like, you're, you're definitely still on the lower scale in terms of, like, heroes. Yeah. And right now, you're not really fueled by... I don't know how to phrase this. You have your own motives. Sure. You're not fueled by just wanting to do good for the sake of doing good.
1: Yeah, that doesn't really scream our party for most of the members. <laughs> yeah.
0: You have members of the party who do want to do good. Yeah. But it's definitely not the main focus of the party.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think even the characters who are good, don't. They're they don't seem like they're on some holy righteous journey to be righting the wrongs of the world. Yeah, they just don't want to go around killing innocent people or fertilizing towns or. Yeah. <laughs> all the stupid shit that does happen sometimes.
0: Yeah, and you do have a bunch of different like little like kind of. Little hooks, we'll call them, that kind of, like, can tug you in different directions depending on, like, what the party does. So you've got, like, possibly, like, working with Wormy. You've got uh, figuring out whatever's going on with the wizard and, like, working there. You have a potential big storyline if you choose to work with the wizard uh, and try to destroy a god.
1: We probably want to say what Wormy and the Wizard are. <laughs> yes.
0: So, Wormy is one of my favorite artifacts I have ever created. <laughs> he's a worm on a string, but he's not just a worm on a string.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine he was just, just a, worm a worm on a string? <laughs> my favorite artifact, a worm on a string.
0: Uh, he has a demon lord trapped in the vessel, essentially, of a worm on a string that resembles potentially like that's just kind of what he looks like uh so he's this worm with eight eyes at the moment only two of those eyes are open uh and as each eye opens he gets closer to being released so the party has kind of i think at this point figured out how to open the eyes or at least you have i don't know if the rest of the party really has any I don't think they have really paid attention too much aside from maybe Kieran.
1: They, yeah, I would say Kieran is probably the only one who's had enough of an interest to, like, ask. In everyone else's defense, I don't know if they are really, like, super aware of everything about Wormy. Just I being... wonder what
0: Gregor would do now that Gregor knows the magic's real.
1: Oh, yeah. Just because, <laughs> like, half the group never saw any like wormy related stuff before yeah. the split so I don't know if they're super aware also because just for me specifically with like the opening of wormy's eyes hasn't had as much of an effect on me
0: yeah that's true yeah because what was it the last I think the second eye was like you learn abyssal which you right, already, I already knew. know <laughs> yeah that that is the downside of me having created this Before it was given to anyone and initially the person who had it was Manu who didn't speak abyssal so that was actually like yeah I mean it makes sense but yeah as Wormy's eyes continue to open you will get more and more gifts essentially by being attuned to Wormy but if you open that final eye you do release a demon lord
1: I'm fine with that (laughs) I didn't attune to him and go along with this to not be opening those eyes that would just be kind of mean
0: that's fair (laughs) but yeah Uh, Wormy is beloved. Um, I think at this point, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't like Wormy. I think that there's a little bit of distrust, maybe from Kieran,
1: And I think Fu has some warranted, I don't know, fear. That's fair. (laughs) Concern.
0: I think Lucy has concern now that she's realized the potential that Wormy could be evil, you know, do as a demon she, lord.
1: I love how she never picked that up, even though this whole time, it's been known, he's been a demon lord this whole time. Yeah. Nothing about him has changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, but so by going through and like kind of working to open his eyes, that may lead to something big. Uh, the wizard is a powerful archmage who leads the... Uh, mage academy in the, in this kingdom and wants wormy maybe for good things maybe for bad things to be determined
1: doesn't matter because the wizard's not getting wormy mhm
0: uh, but the wizard wants to kill a god
1: yeah i i guess my whole thing about this the only thing that like makes me hesitant about wormy things is that to open wormy's eyes is like a very me specific journey to be going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just going to happen more naturally than anything. Uh, like, for context, it's sacrifice based. So, but there's no like, there's no quests to be going on that involve sacrifices to just find. And I'm certainly not giving Wormy up to this wizard. Yeah. So he can pry them <laughs> from my cold, dead hands, even though he doesn't actually know that I have Wormy, right?
0: As I think far, that's what we've
1: determined. Yes, yeah,
0: so he does not know that you have Wormy, and he doesn't actually know that Maggie's with the group at the moment because of how you all did that.
1: Right, that's true.
0: So Maggie had an interesting encounter with the deck of many things. <laughs> Pulled a card that sucked her soul into a basically a pocket dimension.
1: Well, no, hold on. Well, sucked first, her, sucked her
0: entire body into the...
1: First, party. she pulled a card that changed her alignment. <laughs> yep. And she didn't like that card. Or I guess in character, Did it didn't it? seem like anything had changed. So she pulled another card and then got sucked into a pocket dimension.
0: Yep. Uh, and so when I talked to her player, Arya, uh, about how she wanted to handle a new character while her current character was trapped and the party would try to go free her, which... We honestly don't know if that will happen. The wizard may be able to help with that, but that requires working with the wizard.
1: It also doesn't matter as much now because (laughs) you allowed her to play herself again, essentially.
0: She asked me what would happen if she wanted to play a clone of Maggie. And so we worked it out of I gave her strict rules of I will allow it under these circumstances... Um, and figured out why she would have been cloned, how she would have been cloned, and figured out kind of some information there, but essentially was cloned by this wizard and was sent on a mission by him to get Wormy. And somehow y'all managed to avoid this wizard finding out that you were working with New Maggie and have, like, interacted with him a little bit. But the more you interact with him, the harder it will be to keep up that facade.
1: I... Again, I don't really have any, like, need to interact with him all that much. And I don't think anyone else in the party necessarily does either.
0: That is fair. Until he comes looking for, like, you all. Because he knows that he wants Wormy and he knows that Maggie hasn't come back with Wormy. Hmm. So, at some point, he may come looking for you.
1: I feel like, at a certain point, I I don't see us working with the wizard. I feel like it's either going to come down to a fight... Or, honestly, I could see a situation in which, like, Maggie doesn't stay with the party and, like, Arya makes a new character. Potentially. Which I would support anyways, because I don't know why you need to play your character for the third time. Because <laughs> this... The first iteration of Maggie was not her first time playing the character either. And I understand, like, love and attachment to a character... But you can play something new. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want this whole party getting, like, wrapped. Or I guess we could also just find original Maggie. And then it would also be a non-issue. But I don't see anyone in the party really being that interested in working with this wizard. So I can't see that actually happening. (laughs) That's
0: fair. Yeah. And to give some context about the people in the party. So we currently have a party of Mm 6 We have Nisa, the blood hunter. We have Kieran, uh, who is the bard. We have Fu, who is a warlock. These were the three that transferred over from the original party. Mm-hmm. The three new that joined were Kermit, uh, who is a, a monk. yep a monk. We have uh, Gregor, who is a barbarian, and we have Maggie, who is a druid. Um, Some things of note that I think we touched on briefly is that Gregor, uh, the barbarian, is a cannibal that is attempting to find, like, his goal in life is to find something better than human flesh so that he can return to his kingdom because he is a disgraced noble.
1: He also, up until, like, a week or two ago, didn't believe in magic. Yep. uh, Which was very funny, and now it's even funnier because he's having kind of an internal panic attack because he's finally learned that magic does exist, which is exciting because our barbarian is going to take on uh, wizard levels, which I'm excited to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, still a cannibal, yep. <laughs> whether he believes in magic or not.
0: Um, and so that's a really interesting thing that like we've kind of worked out in how I created this world is the way that magic exists in the world is through aside from uh, divine and na- nature magic, Arcane magic is the, derived through ley lines that run through the earth that, fun fact, trace along the tectonic plate lines that I created when I first created this world. That
1: does, <laughs> that does not surprise me to hear. And I feel like you've probably told me that. But of course, it's like you designed those yes. lines.
0: <laughs> um, so certain areas of the world either are absent of these, whether they're too far away from the ley lines or something may have disturbed them in the past. Uh, And in those spots, you get magic dead zones. And Gregor is from a kingdom where the entire kingdom exists within a magic dead zone. So inside a dead zone, if you try to cast a spell, nothing happens until you exit that dead zone, and then everything happens all at once. Which can be very funny, um, if,
1: yeah. <laughs> if you have a
0: lot of people trying to cast things and then they leave and everything goes off simultaneously. But yeah, essentially the way like the dead zones work is they're also not static to a location generally. You may get them static in one location or they may shift a little. So you can stay in one spot and potentially pass through a dead zone.
1: Which we have done many times while traveling and usually it's only for a couple hours but we have passed through a specifically large one that was like two or three days it was a while Mm -hmm. because we were really worried about getting through it before the next full moon i remember that being a big thing
0: yeah and so the way that these ley lines work is that they don't impact anything but arcane magic So if you're using something along the lines of, like, a natural, like, druidic magic, you can still generally do that. It may come out weaker, or if you're using, like, a pact magic or a divine magic. But if you try to do anything arcane, whether it's a magic item, whether it's a spell, anything that's inherently arcane does not work.
1: Yeah, pretty much every time we pass through a magic dead zone, I fall off my broom of flying and then I can't access any of my stuff.
0: Yep, so if you have a bag of holding, you reach into the bag and there's nothing in it because you cannot reach into that pocket dimension. You just hit bag.
1: It's so frustrating. I think I've kind of learned my lesson in that there's some stuff that I'll keep out of my bag, but I still kind of just screw myself over every time we hit one. I can't even imagine how much, like, in real life damage I probably have taken falling off of my broom.
0: That's fair. You've never
1: actually made me take damage.
0: (laughs) But yeah, usually you're not flying high enough off the ground where it's actually going to matter.
1: You don't know that. (laughs) You've never asked how far up off the ground I've been Do I need to start asking this? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You pose as a challenge.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I regret saying that. Pretend that didn't happen.
0: But yeah, so the way that I envision these ley lines, though, is that they are cracks throughout this world where something inherently magic in nature is seeping through, and that's how arcane magic is possible in this world.
1: It is a very cool design.
0: Um, So maybe that could be something that could be explored later. Of if y'all come across one of these like cracks.
1: That would be fun. I would enjoy another campaign where it's, like, the fundamentals of this world are, like, having a freak out for some reason.
0: Yeah. Well, there's already something kind of going on in terms of corrupting things.
1: That is true,
0: Hence, yeah. the corrupted angels that have been encountered once, that may be encountered again, and you don't know what else may be corrupting.
1: Well, I'm assuming... I guess you probably won't tell me if I ask, but I was going to say, is the corrupting of the angels... Does that have any relationship to the whole, like, lycanthropy stuff we're dealing with right now?
0: I'm going to go ahead and say no. I'll go ahead and tell you that, no. They are similar in nature in the sense of a bigger power is involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the case of lycanthropy, it is one of the gods I've created for this world. So I've created, I think, 37. (laughs) There are 37 deities. uh, And one of them is a three-headed Cerberus that wears a silver chain. One head that sees all, one head that hears all, and one head that devours all. And the head that devours all, by wearing the chain, is kept asleep. And it's believed that that head is what lycanthropy is derived from. And thus, the silver chain is what gives the silver weakness to lycanthropes. Uh... But it's essentially said that if that, cha- if that chain was ever to be removed and that had awakened, it would devour the world. So what had happened is the party found a silver chain, just a, sing- a single link, that when it is held, whoever is holding it when a full moon arrives is cursed with lycanthropy and are connected to that moon. They noticed this because there was a recent surge in lycanthropes and they one of the party members kieran uh was cursed with werebear lycanthropy while uh, in possession of this link and while traveling felt a pull that the other lycanthropes were being pulled to as well following this they found essentially an old temple that after making their way to the shrine found a statue of this god where carved in the stone were these chain links with two missing. They were able to place the first link into one of the spots and it fused in and the uh sleeping eyes or the sleeping head, like the eyes closed a little bit more, and there's still one missing that they have recently found that they need to take back to fully close this. It has not been discovered what happened. It hasn't been discovered of what broke these links off in the first place, how they ended up where they are, um, or what it may entail if, like, this wasn't fixed. But essentially, the plan is to get this last link back in place.
1: Luckily, we're a selfish enough party that, even though I don't think most people actually care about the answers to those questions, we do care about not having to worry about wear, bear things every two weeks, so we're going to bring the chain back anyways, and then... Probably never ask any more questions about it, to be honest, because that's kind of how we function as a group.
0: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas the corruption is something different. This is a corrupting force that, at least from what you've seen, is targeting celestials that were entombed.
1: Right. I guess, yeah, I definitely am interested in going back to that plot. I just have no idea where we even begin to go back to that because we stumbled upon that first celestial entirely by chance and we defeated it entirely by luck
0: <laughs> like, yeah some really good roles
1: <laughs> like we were never even supposed to really be able to fight that i know your whole thing was it was just supposed to escape and mm-hmm. that was gonna be that the fact that we didn't get just tpk'd by this way more powerful than us celestial yeah. Is kind of crazy, honestly.
0: Basically, all you know is that there was a cult, not the cult of the vampire, but a different cult that was kidnapping people and attempting to use their blood to open the tomb to the celestial. You don't know if they were doing it to worship the celestial, to free it, or to kill it.
1: And then it didn't matter anyways because we opened the tomb on accident.
0: <laughs> yep, because they saw a hand shaped imprint in the in the in the sealed door with words in imbyssal and celestial that said oh was it like blood was it demon blood it was demon devil blood blood, angel blood blood. and the tiefling and the aasimar in the party looked at each other and goes hey that's us let's stick our hands in it (laughs) and gave it their blood which combined and let the let the door open
1: Well, and the funny thing about it, too, is that we didn't consult the party. We just kind of said, huh, that's us, sliced our hands open, and opened it. And then it was kind of annoying, because I didn't even get to go downstairs and participate in the fight. (laughs) So, look, my hubris opened the door, and then I was punished by not getting to be in this fun fight. So, that was my comeuppance, I guess.
0: That's fair. (laughs) I'm just glad that y'all actually, like... Did it? I part of me was like, I wonder what's gonna happen. Like, I wonder if they're just gonna leave. I wonder if they're not gonna find out what's down here.
1: I just you can't put a thing for me in a language that only I know and expect me to not interact with it. That I just know. doesn't seem. Oh, I know. <laughs> and if it was any other player, and it was like related to them, I think they would have done it too.
0: That's true. <laughs> so you
1: can give me shit for it, but I don't think anyone is immune <laughs> to that level of natural curiosity.
0: And that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, so let's see, you've got that going on, uh, you're being hunted by an assassin who, do, do you want to talk a little bit about Lead, or do you want me to talk <gasps> about Lead?
1: So, well, I mean, I can talk about what I know about Lead, which isn't a ton, basically. <laughs> Lead is just another bounty hunter, and I took one of his bounties because that's just one of the things that, like, you can roll for when you're doing a backstory for your character, and there's not really a whole lot else, like, dramatic in my backstory. So that's just kind of the one that's going to haunt me now. Uh, the problem with Lead is that he's crazy powerful and super scary. And if we encounter him right now, I think he's going to kill the whole party. <laughs> yeah.
0: For reference, uh, he's level 10. The party's level 7. So in theory, they could beat him. The problem with Lead is that he is a multi-classed, gunslinger assassin so fighter with the gunslinger uh subclass and rogue with the assassin subclass uh because of the way that fighters like what specifically gunslingers work is he gets a crazy initiative bonus so i think he's let let me look at his stats real quick i'm pretty sure he's got a plus 14 to his initiative
1: the essence of it is that if we don't see him first he could probably just kill me before i even have a chance to react And even if, like, we do get a round off on him, there's no way he's not, like, maybe we get one round into him with, like, a surprise attack, but then he's going, and then he's killing us.
0: Yeah, so Lead is a Warforged, um, seven levels of Fighter, three levels of Rogue. He has an initiative bonus of plus 14. He has a, uh, rifle that does 2d12 plus five piercing damage, uh, five being his dexterity modifier. Um, and gets a plus 10 on his attacks. He has the fighting style of close quarter shooter, and because he can action surge, he gets two attacks, action surge, another two attacks.
1: Yeah, see, that's horrifying, and I don't I don't want to fight him.
0: <laughs> um, being a gunslinger, he gets uh, three grit points based off his wisdom modifier, and can do some trick shots, such as a piercing shot where he can shoot through someone to hit the person behind them, a violent shot where he can spend a grit to add the damage die to the roll, like basically doubling the damage die, and can spend all three in one violent shot if he wanted to. He gets sneak attack, so 2d6, and the assassinate feature, meaning that if he rolls, if he moves before someone on, on the initiative order, he has, I believe, its advantage on the attack, and any damage is critical. So he doesn't even need to roll a 20 to crit. Uh, he also has the alert feat, That means that he cannot be surprised. Say he rolls and is going first in the initiative order. He gets the uh, attack with um, advantage, which with a plus 10, most likely will hit most armor classes. That's 2d12 as the damage dice. So the way that I view that is 2d12 is the damage dice that you add with the violent shot. So spending three grip points brings that from... 2d12 up to 8d12 that also gets 2d6 sneak attack. It's critical because assassinate, meaning that instead of it being 8d12, it's actually 16d12 and 4d6 damage.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've calculated this out in that lead can kill me, like full kill me in one turn. I'm pretty sure that's what we've like calculated. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he could one hit kill everyone in the party at this point
0: (laughs) so it is keep in mind bad news does have a misfire of three
1: still (laughs) but
0: so it is shoot do essentially 16 d12 and 4 d6 damage on the first hit reload action surge shoot again reload
1: yeah that's obscene
0: uh at higher levels of um gunslinger they can reload as a bonus action so it would be shoot uh bonus action reload shoot action surge shoot and then reload.
1: The 16 D12 on its own could take out every person in the party like
0: assuming that he rolls high, yes. I'm
1: just saying like
0: <laughs> um and then of course has the second wind feature if he takes enough damage. So, uh, yeah,
1: we I don't want to fight this person. We've been doing our best to avoid him by yeah. by saying we've been doing our best. I mean I occasionally forget that he exists, but I do my best to check.
0: (laughs) Most iconically, where you dreamt about lead and woke up to a single bullet in the sand outside of the tiny hut where y'all had been sleeping and didn't think to make the connection of, hey, that's probably lead.
1: In my defense, and look, it's not a good defense, but in my defense, like, if he knew that that was us, why did he leave? That's fair. Uh, Like, I know he can't get into the tiny hut, but it's not like he couldn't just stay until it went away.
0: (laughs) Could have been a warning.
1: Why would he do that? (laughs) I don't think you like... (laughs) To taunt you. Well, it didn't work because my character didn't notice. (laughs) You did a lot of fucked things in that desert. You also gave us mithril armor. After we spent all of that money on mithril... (laughs)
0: In my defense, that was rolled on the table. I randomly rolled to see what would be, what treasure would be there, and I got mithril armor. It just happened to be right after y'all had spent a bunch of money on mithril to create your own. So
1: frustrating. (laughs) Just ridiculous. And now I don't even use mithril armor. Yeah. (laughs) So after all that, it didn't matter anyways. (laughs) That's true. Kieran uses it.
0: Yeah. So it
1: still has use. What did we even do with that mithril?
0: I don't remember. Y'all might have it.
1: I don't know. It
0: might be in someone's inventory.
1: Oh. Uh, Yep. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, we don't have it anymore. (laughs) We prioritized stealing other things when we left the other group. (laughs)
0: That's fair. Yeah, so let's see. So you have that. You've got the revenant after y'all because of the way that you handled that situation.
1: (laughs) I'm much less worried about that revenant. Like, I know it could come up, and, like, I'm sure it won't be easy to fight, But it just poses much less of a direct threat because it's just someone random who at some point is just going to attack. Like, eh, there's not, like, a lot we can do to plan for that besides just keeping moving, which we do anyways.
0: And that's fair. Yeah, there's really not much that you can do until it comes at you. Um, Let's see, what else do you have going on? You've got Kieran's family, uh, like, the member that's... uh, Yeah, because it's your mom that's trapped in the Feywild. And currently with some idea of potentially how to get there. Yeah. I don't know if Fu really has a goal. Fu...
1: I assume her overall goal would be to learn more about what's going on with her patron in the same way that we kind of want to learn more about our benefactor.
0: I think that she also wants to learn more about what destroyed her entire uh, village.
1: That, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Kermit's just Kermit.
1: Kermit's just chillin'.
0: (laughs) Kermit is a grung, uh, grung monk. With a, fried right? Party City, Party City wig. Oh, yeah. Because. Frog
1: with the Party City wig. Yep. Fantasy Party City.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of vibing at this point. Like, they really don't have too much that they're, aiming for it. They're just kind of hanging out.
1: I feel like you always have some party members who are just kind of along for the ride. Like yeah. they'll just kind of do whatever, whenever, yeah. which I don't think is a bad way to participate. Not everyone needs to, you know, move plot along.
0: And that's fair. And like, they may find something that they like end up doing as an arc that may just come up later. But I really want to do
1: more. I would love to go back and do more like angel stuff and vampire stuff. Man, it would feel so nice to hunt things again that I'm good at killing. (laughs) I feel like as soon as we moved away from the vampire arc, I got a lot less useful. (laughs) There's plenty
0: more undead.
1: (laughs) We just don't fight a lot of undead. The
0: Revenant's undead.
1: Yeah, well, we're not fighting the Revenant right now. (laughs) That's true.
0: (laughs) Y'all can go looking for undead.
1: I just think the vampires were fun. That's fair. That's fair. I think it'd be a good opportunity to have a vampire party member.
0: And speaking of undead, um, you do have Leon, um, who was doing cannibalistic necromancy shit. But he's far
1: away now, right? Haven't we? I guess we didn't really... We decided to like let Yeah, the you, you know, deal with him. Yeah,
0: you know where he is, and he's, you're clo- a lot closer to him now than you were. Oh, uh, yeah. Because of where, where y'all ended up, but you're going in the opposite direction, I believe.
1: I feel like it's one of those things that maybe on the way back we could hit him, but I think everyone is on the same page of needing to stop the whole lycanthrope issue. And that's then fair. we can figure out Leon's stuff if we feel so inclined. <laughs> that's fair. I feel like Gregor will probably be interested if yeah. if he remembers kind of the area we're in.
0: Yeah. You've got a lot that's going on. You've got things that you may want to go back to at some point. You've got things oh the benefactor that's what i was gonna talk
1: about
0: uh the benefactor is at this point an unknown being all the party is aware of is that on occasion they will find a letter usually with helpful advice detailing whatever situation they're in at the moment and it's only signed just as the benefactor or your benefactor
1: it's also we say the party but it's kind of specifically only been happening like we've only been the only people who really know about the benefactor are like nisa and kieran
0: that's true yeah
1: not that we've been keeping it a secret but more that it's been like when we've been staying in like taverns and inns and it'll be a letter under our door for example so i don't actually even know like if the benefactor is for the full party or just specific members
0: that's fair Mm -mm. yeah yeah, because it was only, you've received the letter that was under your door. Yeah. You've received a letter while you were all camped out.
1: Oh, right. That's true.
0: Have you received a third or is it only the two? I think it's only I the I think it's the, just It's two. only two so far. So, yeah. Um, that's right, because you received the letter while you were camped out that was telling you to speak to the wizard about Maggie. Yeah. So, that is really the only interactions y'all have had with the benefactor. And right now you don't have a ton of information on them.
1: No, I have a feeling we're just going to like receive some random snippets from time to time because yep. that's kind of all we've been getting for right now.
0: Yeah, that's basically the plan for, for right now until things kind of kick off a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. You've got joining the guild and registering yourselves. Um, there is a lottery that is going uh, around the kingdom every month. Uh, a Winners are picked based off of a series of five numbers, each between uh, one and 100, where the party can, or anyone really, can buy a lottery ticket for one gold. And they'll put in their numbers, and we have a spreadsheet that I keep track of, so at the end of the month, whatever numbers you match, you gain rewards. But you have to match in sequential order of the numbers. And... The jackpot, I believe, is up to 20,000.
1: I don't remember. All I know is that we've played it once and Maggie won five gold. And that's been as successful as we've had it be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's always a the potential for more. So let's see. So the Avericks lottery.
1: I mean, people are still playing, right? So oh, yeah. It's not like <laughs> it's not like we won't have more opportunities.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's up to 20 gold at the moment. So getting one one number correct is five. Two numbers is ten. Three numbers is 100, four numbers is 1,000, five numbers is the jackpot. And the jackpot rolls over until someone wins it, whether it's a party member or someone else in the world.
1: It would be funny if it was just some random person at the end of the day.
0: I mean, if no one in the party gets it, what I do is I roll a D100, and if it's a 100, someone else in the world won.
1: Nice. (laughs) I guess... So this kind of ties back more into world building. I assume this is the first time you've done a lottery before, right? Yes. How much stuff do you think kind of carries over between campaigns? Because I know all this stuff with, like, gods is not new. Like, I've seen your world building binders before.
0: Yeah. So typically when I create a world, I like to create my... I like to create from scratch. I don't like to use a lot of pre-made uh campaign settings i will create a world and some continents and some kingdoms within sometimes more or less uh in depth i will generally create deities although i may i think in the past campaign i reused a lot of uh, former deities such as uh like bahamut the the platinum dragon uh Ioun. i think i used a lot of like prior deities yeah. when i seen that one whereas this one is 37 unique me created deities
1: did any of those pop up in your last campaign nope these are all new specifically for this i thought there was some overlap from last time i noticed that you didn't include my deity which feels a little bit rude
0: it's a nude world it's a different like plane of existence a different thing
1: oh yeah you couldn't put a snake god in it now could you
0: there is a snake deity in this it's not me yeah
1: (laughs) that's rude (laughs) I just think this universe had room for a trickster snake god. I don't think that's a big ask,
0: (laughs) you know. But so when I do world building, I am a little bit extra. I. Mm.
1: Just how many binders do you have for world building?
0: Technically, only one of well. Two of those are world building. Mm. One of them is character stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But let us go back to the fact that he made tectonic plates for this world. (laughs) That is true. So I started this. When I was creating this world of, I was taking a class on volcanoes, (laughs) and I decided that I was going to start the world from tectonic plates. And so, I drew out these plates, and then I proceeded to figure out which directions they were all moving in, and based off of that, I figured out what land formations would form at those spots, where you would get mountains, where you would get trenches, where you would just get, like, possible earthquake zones.
1: That's so nerdy and unnecessary.
0: (laughs) But then from there... I took those tectonic plates, and then I created where the continents fall on those. And so I have those continents as well. Then within each continent would create the individual kingdoms that were present, etc. I also created the solar system that it's in. I created, it's orbiting around a sun. It has two moons, and it's, I believe, the second out of three planets that orbit.
1: You created a whole calendar system. I did. I created
0: a calendar system. It is, so there are 13 months each with three weeks that each comprise of nine days. So 27 days in a month, nine days in a week. There are days of the week that I have named. I have a complete naming system for how they are named, (sighs) um, which has never come up. No one has asked what is the name of the week. (laughs)
1: Do you want us to ask the name of the week? I could go get
0: those. I could show you. No, no, it's
1: fine. It just sounds like you want us to ask (laughs) you about the names of the weeks.
0: (laughs) Um, There are, so the two moons have different cycles. One is on a 13-day cycle and one is on an 18-day cycle. That means that in game, every two weeks, one of the moons is full. Every 13 days, which is barely over a week, the other moon is full. Um, this leads to a lot of lycanthropy shenanigans.
1: Yeah. I bet you can guess which moon cycle our lycanthrope is on.
0: (laughs) Look, it's the one that comes up most frequently.
1: Look, no, it's, look, it's not your fault. It just happened to be what it was, but it is a lot more annoying.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, it's also the one that, uh, from the original campaign was the cleric who unfortunately died, uh, because of gnolls, um, (sighs) was a were-raven and was on that same moon cycle. Uh, That is the moon Awe. That one of the days of the week is um, Aweya. So they all have the suffix of ya, meaning day. Ah, okay. In I believe Elvish. Hmm. Um, So you'll have all of them based on different astrological aspects, whether it's the uh, moons, whether it's the planet, whether it's other planets in the system... Things like that. I also created constellations. Um, So I have the full-on, basically, constellation map of the sky based on the different seasons. I have various constellations, some of which relate to astrology. In the sense of, basically, you can map what your character's birthday is and see what sign they were born under. Um, So each of these constellations will have a certain number of stars. Each of those stars has a name.
1: I look, I really respect it. It's so extra. I know. <laughs> it's so, so many details that just no one is ever going to ask know. about.
0: <laughs> but part of this is because I wanted to create an in-depth world that I can use again and again.
1: No, yeah, it makes total sense. It's definitely something that you can continue to use and... Yeah,
0: particularly since the campaign has all taken place in one kingdom. It, not even just, like, one continent. Like, y'all have not left this kingdom at all. So...
1: Well, technically my character
0: has. That is true. (laughs) But in in campaign.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we will leave this kingdom eventually. There have just been enough reasons to stay. Yeah. I mean, we've had specific places we've needed to go. We haven't had any need to leave the
0: kingdom yet. That's true. I would love to
1: leave the kingdom. I think that sounds fun.
0: That's true. (laughs) But yeah, so like, I created a world that I can come back to again and again, whether it's for long-term campaigns, whether it's for one-shots, which, speaking of one-shots something that I was kind of thinking about doing if people are interested of we've considered if we make a patreon for this podcast putting out some bonus content things like one shots things like special episodes so if people are interested that's definitely something that we can do Uh, we got a couple viewers uh, we got a couple people who downloaded the episode but if we really start to kind of get a following we would love to put out more content like that for you
1: yeah, I was going to say, we might w- might want to slow our roll. Oh, I know. T-
0: <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything is happening anytime soon,
1: but just as an option. In your defense, you'd probably make these things anyways, just for fun to have them. That's fair. <laughs> I could see that being a thing of like, we don't do anything for a year. And by the time it starts, you already have like multiple years of content just ready to go, because that's how your brain
0: works. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so like I wanted to create a world that I could come back to again and again and so that's why I've put a lot of time and like in-depth everything of like figuring out all of these different kingdoms how they relate politically to each other I've figured out past wars I've figured out where they stand with other kingdoms whether it's in terms of like current relations if they've had issues in the past and how that affects how they relate now uh each kingdom I've kind of got a list of things i go through and i determine if it's legal or illegal there.
1: Right. Um,
0: And whether, if it's illegal, is it actually enforced? Or is it just kind of a thing where it's, like, illegal in name only?
1: So in future campaigns, do you think... I mean, obviously, a lot of this stuff is very easy to just, like, map onto whatever. Do you think you'll kind of keep the same general world with the plates and the kingdoms and everything? Or do you think you would, like, want to change settings so that you don't... Have to, like, worry about, I guess, like, (laughs) dealing with previous stuff that's happened in previous campaigns.
0: Yeah, so I think the way that I would handle that is it would depend. Um, I could either run them concurrently, where things are happening kind of simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Or I could run them where a couple years in the future this next campaign happens. Or I could go back and run something in the past. That's true. So anything is possible, honestly... Time travel is a thing.
1: That's true. Yeah. I guess we also haven't like done anything in this world that's that like
0: put. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: like really putting the universe in jeopardy or anything like that. So it's not like we're worried about destroying. Yeah. Any continents or anything.
0: Yeah. So all of these are things that like I want to keep malleable and open because I think it's more fascinating for the party to go and do things and impact the world than for me to just say this is how it is. This is how it's always been.
1: Yeah. No, that makes total sense.
0: And it also makes it a little bit easier on me from a planning perspective.
1: Yeah, that is also very true. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so like I, I, I enjoy putting a lot of time into these. I enjoy creating and just even if it's little things like creating plants. Like I have a massive document of plants and ways that I can create these plants just by randomly generating them and then figuring out how they fit into the world. Whether they are useful for like just eating, whether they're things that are medicinal, whether they're things that like can be used as a drug or is used in like a religious ceremony, whether it's culturally significant. I just, I like creating. And I also like taking whatever kind of homebrew I make or homebrew that I find.
1: I was going to ask about homebrew because have you actually homebrewed any races and or like classes? my
0: Mycetians.
1: But, like, mycetians already exist. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I made this. Uh, ah, I'm pretty sure mycetians exist.
0: <laughs> I named it that, so if something else exists by that name, that's news to me.
1: How do you spell mycetians? <laughs>
0: M-Y-C-E-T-E-A-N-S.
1: The, the reason that I bring this up is that we um, had, like, a mushroom... Person encounter in another campaign, and I'm pretty sure they were called mycetians.
0: <laughs> no, they were myconids. Mycanids, Okay.
1: Which is a mushroom thing. Yeah. I would like it to be known Oh yeah,
0: I I created the name mycetian based off of like mushroom terminology. Okay. So, essentially, mycetians are mushroom people. You can either have where they're kind of mostly humanoid with like a mushroom cap kind of head. You can have where they have mushrooms sprouting out of them. You can kind of create it, kind of it the way that you want for flavor um I haven't really gotten a ton into the actual stats of them it hasn't been super relevant um but yeah I was like I want to have little mushroom people and so I created them it's very cute um there are there is a class that I created that no one has actually taken uh time to really explore a little uh the Dragonblade class
1: I think in everyone's defense it's not in a book.
0: <laughs> it, 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 that is true. It, it is something that I created, so yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's a little bit harder to, like, get into And that is it. completely fair.
0: Um, I've also got fey races that I've kind of, like, made so that they can become PC races. So, like, uh, there is the fairy, pixie, and nymph sub-race for those.
1: A fey race would be really fun. I could see that being a really exciting character to play. At the fair weird
0: <laughs> yeah
1: a little bit suspicious it would be fun
0: to run like a like feywild either campaign or like one shot where everyone is like some variation of fey whether it'd be really cool whether it's like a ladrin or a changeling or just straight up like fey
1: i think any sort of one shot where everyone is kind of along the same lines of like all similar race or all similar class is very fun oh yeah I've seen a lot of, I've seen one-shots where it's, like, an all-barred one-shot, which would just, like, that's so funny. I love that concept.
0: Yeah, I know one of the critical role one-shots that I watched was, uh, they were all werewolves. Nice. (laughs) And so they were all Bloodhunter, Order of the Lycan.
1: Look, in our defense, with the way this party goes, we could all end up turning into were creatures. I almost got turned into a were-shark.
0: That is true. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a fucked-up thing that I created, um... So there was a centaur cleric that got bitten by a were-shark. So they were half-shark, half-centaur when they're in their hybrid form. So you have the lower body of a horse and the upper body of a shark. It was ridiculous, and at one point, they cast fly on themselves, and so you had it flying at the party
1: it was just awful it was every time we thought we'd really like one-upped this creature it just (laughs) kind of fucked us over
0: (laughs) yeah but that was one of the most funny just ridiculous things for me to create just because of the mental image of a were shark centaur
1: I just loved like me being in the air it coming out of the water and then just all of a sudden you're like it flies 20 feet up in the air just like this (laughs) But the worst part was after we had defeated it when we had to bring it multiple hours back and every hour it woke up and attacked me and tried to change me into a were shark. Yep. With my constitution modifier of a zero, I had the luckiest rolls of my life because I don't know how to cure lycanthropy and I don't want to be a were
0: shark. And y'all have no cleric in the party to remove curse.
1: No, we sure don't.
0: But I know that Lucy's talked about if she makes a backup character, she really likes the idea of clerics. Oh, so okay. That's she, cool. She might do that. She also is considered celestial warlocks. So those are all options. But we wanted to say thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us. Uh, we've gotten a lot more views and just downloads than I really thought we would get. Uh, we really thought that this would just kind of be a like for us kind of thing in all honesty, maybe for our like d group.
1: With the way we talk about it, it's still kind of a for us thing.
0: It is. It really is. <laughs> Shout out uh, to the
1: person in, what is it, Belgium? <laughs> yeah,
0: there was a couple of people. Like, we had someone in Belgium. We had someone in Romania. I was amazed. Like, someone in Hungary. Like, that's awesome. Like, yeah,
1: that's that's shocking. I don't know what what about this is interesting to you, but you know? I appreciate it.
0: But yeah, if you find this interesting, if you think that your friends will find it interesting, please recommend us. Uh, please, like, review us and rate us on... Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're in a bunch of places. Uh, if you just want to find us on, like, the RSS feed and, like, kind of go from there, that's awesome. If you want to send in your own emails, uh, our email is Dungeoneers2, as in the number 2, dms at gmail.com. Uh, so go ahead, send us an email with either, like, a story from your campaign talking about your characters that you play, questions that you have for us, whether it's about our campaign, our characters, um, just D D in general. We'll try our best to answer.
1: Milo really wants emails. Please send us emails. <laughs> he keeps talking about emails. He really wants to answer questions. I
0: really do. I want I want I want people to be engaged. I want it to be more than just us talking at my computer.
1: In, look, well, I, hey. guess, I guess
0: okay. I guess it is all just us talking at my computer anyway. But
1: no, that's not true. Sometimes we talk at Arden. Sometimes I talk at your cat. <laughs> that's true. There are others to talk at. I am at. amazed.
0: He has been so quiet during this entire recording.
1: I think sometimes our voices soothe him. Sometimes we frustrate him, but he kind of sleeps when we do this. I, I think know. he likes it.
0: It's very amusing.
1: Oh, I also have to submit a correction to myself. Oh yeah. I know no one else cares, but I care because I don't care if I'm like ill-informed about topics, but I don't like being wrong about things I think I'm right on.
0: (laughs) You just don't like being wrong. I don't
1: like being wrong, but I can accept that of the two of us, I am much less uh, knowledgeable on topics, but I would like to say that Thacko is from 2nd Edition. A version (laughs) of it popped up in 1st Edition, but it was the armor-class system of 2nd Edition, and it went away by 3rd. I said it was 3rd Edition. I was wrong. I can admit that even though it embarrasses me.
0: And we also had some confusion about what 3.5 really was, and we kind of both learned that it was just a revision of 3rd edition, which, which I really should have known since I played it.
1: Realistically, that's, like, what that kind of thing means, so we should have just known that. Like, that's usually yeah. what, like, revisions end up being.
0: Yep. Uh, so that was just us. But, you know, we're all, we're all here for a good time. We didn't say this would be a coherent thing.
1: No, that is one thing we definitely never said.
0: Uh, And so now we're going to get Dionysus to come over here and roll us a dice to rate this episode. Um, So yeah, we're going to have him roll it to sign off on this episode and we will see you all next week.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Dino. Come on. Oh shit, where'd it go? Oh, that's an 18. 18. Nice. Good job.
1: podcast.
0: So this episode is an 18 out of 20, not (laughs) bad.
1: Thank you, Dino.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Dino.